podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Live Birds pod. It's March, it's spring is coming, I can see the sun out of my window, um, some people are getting vaccinated, let's hope it's all positive and we're heading in the right direction. Um, so we're back, it's been a few weeks, um, it's been a few tough weeks for Liverpool but you never know, we might also be on the up as well. So I'm joined by my regular contributors. Amy, Kate and Randy today to talk all things Liverpool and maybe a little bit beyond. Uh, so welcome ladies, Amy, Kate, appreciate you joining us at an ungodly hour in the morning. Um, and Randy, you were already an hour early, so <laughs> I don't know quite what to say about that. Good morning. <laughs> morning. Morning, morning. morning. Uh, right, so let's kick right off with it. Um, so you know, we've, we've had a tough January, a tough February. Um, March didn't start very well either, but uh, the last couple of games we appear to have started to see a little bit of the real Liverpool coming back. So let's start with Champions League, start with our second leg against Leipzig. We went into that uh, with a 2-0 lead from the first leg. Um, Randy, let me start with you. Um, what did you make of the game? Oh, it was uh, a relief, wasn't it? It was, uh, first of all, when you look at the lineup, you think, hey, this is looking better, <laughs> I must say. Uh, first of all, because we had uh, actual defenders in the defence and we had uh, Fabinho back and we had Shota and Keita and, I mean, all these people that you think... Uh, where have they gone? What has happened? And, and how are we ever going to go back to anything? And then suddenly this uh, Champions League uh, adventure, because it becomes a sort of completely different competition. And then maybe that frees up something in people's minds. I don't know. Um, and we're going away. Uh, it looks like that's going to be our new uh, home ground now. I certainly hope so. <laughs> You're looking better than at Anfield, and it's so well, many good yeah. things going together. Say, you need to be doing better there than anywhere else. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's just move there. But anyway, um, <laughs> Fabinho coming back and Shorter coming back, that was uh, such a high for me. It was so, so good to look at. And uh, Fabinho being a defender in front of the fence really helps them, I think. Uh, because the two new guys that now has got two clean sheets or three, I don't know. Uh, really, really happy about that. And Fabinho looking like he thrives, you know, man of the match and he's happy and his lovely smile. And, and of course, that happens with the rest of them. Uh, I mean, Thiago looked a different player. So uh, it's all comes together. And then Jota on top and he is just 
clinical. He is just dangerous in every touch and every run. And that does something to Mane and Salah. So this is just what I've been talking about for a couple of months now. Because we haven't got the right players in the right place, the whole team falls apart. S certainly in the midfield, which is so important to us. Uh, I've had a quarrel with my brother, actually, the the other night. Uh, he's visiting uh, in Svalbard and we were having this discussion about football because we love to talk football together. And I said, so can you now, when you look at Liverpool with actual defenders, actual midfield, in midfield, and uh, freeing up space for others, can, you know, and he's like, yeah, is that what you've been talking about all the time? I haven't been able to voice it, but when you see that match, I think it all falls into place. Mm -hmm. No, I think that I think there's some sort of really good, really good points uh, in there, Randy, particularly around you know people pay, playing in their natural positions, um, but also I think as importantly with with Fabinho coming back into the middle and playing you know in the six. You know that the original plan, you know, as I understand it, and I'm, you know, I'm no tactical genius, but was, you know, to Fabinho to provide, you know, that that um, that cover to enable Tiago to do Tiago things, and we haven't been able to see Tiago doing Tiago things because he's actually had to play more of a six role. Um, which yeah. is which is not his not his natural game, albeit you know he's he's a world class player. Um, so, Amy Kate, I dare say you know that there's some of that 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 resonates with you. Um, in terms of uh, Jota, uh, obviously he you know Bobby was you know Bobby wasn't uh, playing, and and Jota was. Is that um, is that the the future for us? I think you know. I think Bobby's sort of struggled um, as much as he's worked his arse off. He's sort of really struggled in the last few you know few games leading up to that. And you know, obviously, we haven't seen him for the last couple of games either. So um, feel free to you know tell me the things that you took out of the game. But but do you see that as maybe part of the natural evolution of the team over the next sort of year or so? It could possibly be. Um, I do if I I do believe that um, Bobby's been ill um, or injured, which is why he's not playing. It's not because of you know being dropped from the first team. I think oh, it's okay. actually uh, and I'm not 100% sure about that because you know there's been like rumors and this and that and you never know what's Right, yeah, you know what's true and what's all. false. So, but I thought I had hmm. read that somewhere. Um, um, but you know, he also has um, not been at his best. But either is Trent. I mean, Trent's been dropped from um, you know the squad for England, and you know, I think most of us are pretty happy about that in the sense of he, he won't get injured and he's not going to go off and get COVID, or you know, it's not going to disturb the team as much with Liverpool players not being um, added to, to international duty. But, you know, as far as your honor of playing for your country, um, I know it's not as important to England as other, um, you know, countries. Like for the United States, it's a big deal, you know, for for certain countries, you know, Brazil, it's, it's such an honor, you know. So 
that's different. So I think that that's part of the the problem is all the players that are just not used to playing with each other and and you know some of them not at their best. But I think that what people are not realizing and nobody wants to talk about is um, you know with they want to talk about how bad Liverpool um, how many games they've lost at home and everything. But out of the last seven games, we've won five away. We've won, you know, Spurs, West Ham, Lepsing twice, Sheffield and, and Wolves, you know. Um, so I don't think people talk about like the reality of that, that we aren't doing as bad as um, everybody, you know, as, 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 the, as everybody's talking. Yes, we're not at our best. That's for sure. And being um, champions um, <laughs> and being so low on the table right now, even though it's really close. And, and you know, we were running away with the, with the title last year and now it's, it's city again. So, okay, we're not, we're not the big, um, we're not in the same position, but all the injuries and all the things that are happening, I think um, we're doing pretty dang good considering um, all the, all the, things that have happened to this team this season so uh, but with with Jata I think um, he's a welcome to have him back I think he's a key player and fits in the team very well and um, I have no problem with um, him being you know part of the the answer to the future you know our team is getting a lot older if you look at the the um, ages most of them are you know in their late 20s early 30s and our team's getting older so um, that's something to think about too. Um, it, it is. I think that. Um, so, so I was sort of having a quick look um, in the background while whilst you were whilst you were talking, and it, it you you are correct. At least there's a lots of reports that were saying that Firmino had picked up some sort of knock, um, and that was before the Fulham game. So, I don't know. You know, there doesn't appear to be much more information about that. Um, so yeah. I don't know sort of how serious it is or how long he's going to be out. But, you know, the the good thing I would say is that we've got, you know, basically three weeks now. I know some players will be going off on the international break, but we don't play again now until the 3rd of April when we go to Arsenal. So for, for those that um, are, are either injured or not called up, you know, I, I do consider that to be an absolute... A boon in this season where it's literally been two games a week for months and months and months with no ability to kind of you know just reset and you know do mm-hmm. do some more kind of intensive training whether that's tactical or whatever else it might be so I do think that's that's an opportunity um on the age bit you're right we you know our, our squad is getting older I'm not sure I would say I, I might dispute with you the term aging because you know when we, when we <laughs> talk enough. about when we talk about uh you know teams and players um and, and them hitting their peak we normally talk about you know between kind of 27 and 30 so notwithstanding the injuries um what you might argue is that we've got a number of players that are are you know should be hitting their peak or be within their peak years right about now what i don't know is you know we've paid at such a high level for such a period of time you know we've basically been producing for the last 3 years and and i do think there is maybe a natural resettling plus you 
add the injuries, plus you add a global pandemic. Yeah. No plus fans, you add, you know, people, you know, no fans, um, you know, but people have been dealing with, you know, various personal stuff and what have you. Maybe there's an inevitability in terms of a bit of a drop off in performance. Maybe we didn't, none of us necessarily expected it to drop the way that it did. Um, but there is also, um, quite a lot of uh like information about um sort of people you know i know club said we would look to attack the title but but clubs you know trying to defend their titles and win back to back and it is incredibly difficult um and if you look in sort of more recent times and you look at sort of chelsea and actually man city and various others you know they've had a big drop off the following year um i think you know chelsea that you know after that i think their their first title i think that that when they tried to do the repeat they they finished about 16 points off or something mm-hmm. i think city you know had a had a kind of similar thing it's not an easy thing to do uh, you know we all obviously thought we'd make a better fist of it than we have but um, you know, people going on about being, you know, the worst title defense ever, and, and all of this. There really is kind of this this sort of, you know, uh, hysteria around, um, you know, everything's either amazing or it's shit, and there's there's kind of nothing in between. Um, and I, you know, I just I just think, you know, it's 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 about trying to have a bit of perspective about it. Yeah, um, no, exactly. And 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 sort of talking talking of that because yeah you know, and we will come on to the Champions League draw but I did think it was a you know a very professional performance against Leipzig over both legs um, you know yes there were a few scares but but actually we we you know we did a pretty good job of containing Leipzig who you know to be fair are like the, the you know the second best team in the Bundesliga. Um, but then I guess there also is a bit, if you look at the overall performance, you know, Bayern Munich being the outlier of German teams in the in the Champions League, you know, none of them did, you know, particularly well. Um, so, you know, Dortmund obviously is still in there and Bayern Munich and, and you know, everybody else pretty much got battered. So I do worry about the, not worry. I wonder about the quality below maybe the top two in Germany, um, in, in terms of their their showing more recently in the Champions League. But again, not not our not our concern. Um, what has been our concern, I guess, is more about our our domestic form. Uh, like like you say, maybe you know the Champions League is is looked as a bit of a you know, a release from from the sort of domestic toils. So, uh, talking of toiling, um, <laughs> let me start with you this time, Amy Kate. So, uh, Wolves game at Molyneux, Klopp himself said, you know, it was like, you know, it was ugly, it was dirty, you know, but I don't care. You know, we basically we we won. Um, would you would you agree with his assessment? Yeah, you know, I mean. It's, it, it is about winning the game at the end of the day um, and getting those points and having a clean sheet. And, and um, maybe it wasn't pretty, but it's, it's about winning the game in the end. And there's still things that we need to work on and, and everything. But, I mean, you can't complain when you win, you know. I mean, 
you just got to keep keep the momentum going and 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 go from there um when when you lose you kind of lose your your um what's the word i'm looking for uh, you know just having that confidence in yourself and i think it helps boost the confidence of the team when you win um so i think that that helps with that and and um you know at this point i mean how many how many times did did united the last time you know ferguson's last season they won you know scraped by to win but they still won the league in the end and then he retired you know and every time i remember seeing us like oh god they won you know last minute they won again you know at the end of the day it's it's the win but but you know we can't um we can't just sit back and say oh yeah you know we're the greatest team we you know we won our game we've got to look look at the game as a whole and say okay there's things we got to work on but we still got the three points so i'm not gonna complain yeah i think you might have maybe missed the point of twitter if you think you know winning means people don't complain well (laughs) (laughs) true yeah i know twitter has become this very toxic beyond toxic at this point um i've kind of avoided it so yeah um and it, it does seem to be that People love to, um, they don't know how to handle happiness. They just like to complain. So um, if you win a game, how are you, you know, what are they going to complain about? Oh, we didn't play, play the game good enough. You know, you barely scraped by or, you know, it's just, you know, too many errors. I mean, again, looking at um, at uh, Trent, you know, I mean, he's he's not doing the best that he was before still a phenomenal player and and you know he's made a lot of errors but he's done a lot of good too and you know gets dropped from from England because he's made too many errors and and not you know top of his game you know um okay I mean I'm sure it's a little bit of a blow for him but you know yeah I'm kind of glad well I I think I I don't think you'll get much argument on on this pod on on that but um and and I'll I'll sort of um throw out a a little thing that I picked up on on uh Twitter actually one of the one of the stats I think from Cy Brundish so um if I've miss miss um aligned you with this Cy I apologize but I do think you you he put something out along the lines of um, he was dropped from uh, the England squad because he he'd lost something like you know thirty three percent of uh, passes in possession or something or misplaced passes. But mm-hmm. actually, with well, the last time he was picked for the England squad, um, his loss of possession was at thirty seven percent. So you know you can use stats to kind of you know tell you anything you want on on one level. Um, right. But you know, it, yeah, we, let, we we can talk, we can talk about England in 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 a bit. Um, Randy on the um on the Wolves game. So you know, yeah, you know, not necessarily our most flowing football performance. Albeit, you might argue that the goal we scored was you know one of the nicest pieces of football that we played in that game. But um, Kabak got man of the match in that game, which I thought yeah. was was great for him you know he's had a bit of a torrid introduction to to playing for Liverpool and playing in the in the Premier League Uh, 
um, you know, nobody's suggesting that he and, and Phillips are the, you know, the centre-back pairing for, for the future. But um, I do think that there's, you know, they should get some credit for, you know, the, the three times they've played together or the last three times we've had three clean sheets. What what have you made of the, the them at the back and, and, you know, how that that's potentially played into some of our broader, you know, some of the performances that we've seen in the last couple of games? Uh, well, I think he and them, I mean, the two of them together, as you said, the last three matches, is it? <clears throat> been looking very good. And uh, as with everything else, of course, you need to not just um, work on adrenaline because you're thrown into something. I mean, that could work one time, maybe two times. But then in the end, you need to work on practicing together, playing together, getting experiences together. And I think they're looking very good from that little time they've had together. So it's it's good news, isn't it? And uh, as you said, Kabak had like most clearances, most, most interceptions, most tackles and apparently 87% per, uh, of possession success. So... He was really looking good in that match, and I'm so happy for them. And it also means that the rest of the team can relax and concentrate on themselves. So, which means that Trent, I mean, Trent had a lot of good clearances and a lot of good uh, interceptions in that match as well. And uh, Robbo as well. I mean, both Trent and Robbo has been a bit of, they've been lacking the runs uh, up the pitch because they've been having to look after the defence. And you could see that in this match, they were at least trying to also get up the pitch a bit because they could because they could relax. So I think we're looking at something that could be really good now before the rest of the guys comes back. And then we never know. I mean, are we going to stick with Kabak? Is he going to be our player in the summer? I don't know. But looking at how he's doing right now, it's mm. looking good, isn't it? But I've got some notes I mean, I have, for that match, yeah. I must say. Oh, uh, and those oh, oh notes. Tell me what did you have on it? <laughs> you, it is so funny because it's like, hooray, that was 45 minutes, wasn't it? I mean, uh, Salamana Shota in the fucking corner, yay, and lots of hearts and smiles. And then you can go, <laughs> the next page is like, can we get the fucking ball down to earth, please? What are you doing, guys? Because we were looking like, <laughs> shit, it was looking so bad. And then next note is like, oh, so nice to see Cater back. This is looking really good, you know. So it was one of those matches that it was such a relief when it was over. And it was so hard work in the second half. But at least yeah. afterwards, you could say, we are back to, we played matches like this last year. But because we won them, it looked good in the end. Mm. So I was so pleased that, yeah. okay, I'm fine with it. Play like shit, but we win found, match we and we did. We win ugly. Exactly. Can I just ask on your notes, was there any mention of the the point when um, right towards the end of when Mane uh, ran forward, um, and this is us sort of trying to, trying to kill the game off, and he should have passed it to Robertson. On the on the outside, and in the end, like ended up twisting himself around and losing the ball when we were trying to like yeah. run down the clock. Was there <clears> any <throat> mention of like? Because I was screaming at the, <laughs> at the TV <laughs> at that point. I was like, "What the 
fuck are you doing? Pass yeah. the ball. And I think I had so many mentions of uh, Mane doing something wonderful and then something absolutely shit crap afterwards. And I think I, I have like three, four places here. He's doing it again. And it's so strange because normally he's had one or, the, one or maybe two of those in the match. That's allowed, isn't it? But it looked like he's actually getting into a pattern of doing just really strange stuff. I don't know why, what's going on. He had two opportunities he could have passed. One to Shota and one to Salah and he didn't. And uh, normally then, if you go for a shot, you you get a goal. You know, he didn't. Mm. I'm amazed. No, I don't know. He's, he's had a, no, you know, along with a number of other players, he's had a real dip in form yeah. um, this season. Yeah. Um, and and you think about how important he was to, he was to us last season. I think you know, again, he gets not necessarily a free pass, but you know, I I am you know I'm taking everything into account and just thinking there's there's a kind of inevitable uh, dip there, but. Um, you know, one one of the other things happened, obviously, was you know Jota scoring against his old team back at Molyneux. You know, yeah, lovely... I remember Mane had the assist to that one. <laughs> yes, yes, he yeah. did. Um, it was it was a lovely assist, and it was it was a great finish. And I do think he, you know, he he's helping give us like more of a focal point to to the attack now that he's back. But he also gives us options, and obviously with. Firmino injured. It's it's perfect timing, him, him coming back. Yeah. Um. You know, Fabinho coming back. Cater. Hopefully now his his injury problems fully behind him. You know, being eased back. It's good to see Oxlade Chamberlain get a few more minutes. Um. I do think you know it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what what happens with him because he's really not. Um. You know, he's not featured too much this season um, and I do think he gives us something different, a different type of energy in midfield but he's also one of those players I think who needs games to get into a rhythm and um, you know 20 minutes here and 15 minutes there I don't I don't know that that that, that will help but at the moment that all that's all that Klopp seems to want to give him so I think it's going to be interesting to see how that sort of plays out over the over the coming months depending on how we go in the Champions League but yeah we talked about the um you know we talked about the the uh, you know the England squad and, and frankly I don't want to spend too much time on this but um you know there are no Liverpool players in it my initial reaction is fucking right on yeah um, no way. long stay that way um you know I don't think I I've made you know any secret of my views. I don't give a monkey's about the uh, England team. Um, if Liverpool players get in it, I, all I want is for them not to be injured. Um, I don't even care if they play shit. If they play shit, then uh, then maybe they won't get picked again. That suits me as well. But England don't know how to look after nice things, so they shouldn't get to have them. Um, you know, I, again, I don't know how Trent feels about it. Um, Amy Kay, do you think do you think that's something that will will prey on his mind? You know, I I don't know really because, like I said earlier, you know, obviously it's an honor to play for your country, um, but 
when it takes away from, um, you know, what you love and, and him being a scouser wanting to play for, for Liverpool being a dream for him to come up the ranks and, and make it to the first team and then get injured and have to sit the bench, you know, any player really, but if he would get injured, then he can't play for Liverpool and is it worth it? I think maybe it's one thought. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's kind of historically been, um, club over country when it comes to England. And so, um, you know, maybe that's ingrained to him. I don't know, you know, what, I mean, we have no idea what he's thinking, but I think at least the fans would all agree with you that we're all relieved that none of our players are going to go off and get injured, get COVID. You know, they, it, you, you, when you go off to play for your country, you're not training the same way you normally do with your team. So it's off rhythm. Um, and that could be a difference. I don't know. I, I think it's probably mixed emotions, but I think it's, you know, a temporary thing. It's not like he's been dropped, you know, indefinitely from the clubs that are from the, from the country. So it probably isn't a big deal right now. He's probably, th- probably relieved. I hope he is, you know, um, can't really say, but, um, I'm glad that, that, you know, <laughs> we're not losing our players. And, um, I think, Liverpool itself is probably glad that they don't have um, players leaving to go play international. So um, I'm just going to take that as a positive. Yeah, I I think so. Randy, I mean, we we can we talk a little bit about um, England, obviously, but but we've got you know we've got other world class players playing for other you know national squads. So um, you know maybe and, and again I don't know enough about what the injury for Mino has, but I'm hoping that means he hasn't been called up to Brazil. Um, I don't think Fabinho's in the squad, um, but Becker probably is. Um, And so, you know, we've got, you know, Ginny is likely to go off to the Netherlands. Um, I don't know whether Jota's been uh, called up. He is going. He's going. With Portugal. Yeah. But I've just heard that the... Brazilians are not going away. Yeah. Which is a good thing. I thought, and I could be wrong here, but didn't Liverpool put out a statement? And this could be just, you know, Twitter bullshit. But didn't they put out a statement that that certain countries were not going to be um, going? That Liverpool was not going to release certain players for for certain countries because of COVID? Because because of the, if I have this right, the countries that have like a ten day um, quarantine. quarantine when they come back, um, yeah, just, no, makes makes sense. Um, that 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 would be um, that that would that would happen because you know clearly if you've got players, you know, and if there's no exceptions, if you've got players. And they they go away and then they have to be in quarantine for ten days when they come back. You know why, why would you um, why would you do it? The yeah. the um, so FIFA. I'm just looking this up. Uh, FIFA has has confirmed that um, the they don't have to um, you don't have to uh, release all players. Um, See, 
uh, but Diego Jota, Diogo Jota has been granted permission to link up with the Portugal squad. Um, but I, look, I guess we we will find out. I think we've got thirteen players who are potentially called up for for international duty, um, and then we we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens. So, um, but not I don't think any of them are are. Um, are a surprise. So, you know, uh, Sadio Mane, um, you know, Mo Salah, um, Ginny Wijnaldum, Thiago, Andy mm. Robertson, Kabak has been called up by Turkey, um, mm. Simakas uh, has been called up, although, you know, to be honest, any of us would be, you know, would be forgiven for not actually recognising him. I don't think we've <laughs> we bought him and he got injured, and it was like I forget he's part of the squad sometimes. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't. It's sad, isn't you know, it? Yeah, we're supposed to get some, you know, relief for for Andy Robertson, and he's literally paid like every minute of every game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, actually. So should, yeah, it's really sad because Robo can't be rested then if we can't trust uh, Zipikas. Yeah. Um. Shakiri is. You know, called up by Switzerland. What and Nico Williams is part of the Wales squad. Mm. Um, so Naby Keita, I think, is an interesting one. Um, we're only releasing him for the qualifier against Mali on March the twenty fourth, and yeah. then pressing his return before they they then play Nib- Namibia, which is red listed apparently in terms of COVID. Um, okay. So I do think there are some. You know that they're definitely making you know specific decisions um, mm. depending on where players are are potentially going to play, and it's I think it's going to be you know a moving feast as well um, because we've we've seen you know with the well I don't know whether you picked it up Amy Kate but Randy I'm sure you have seen you know the recent announcements in in Europe in terms of you know France and Poland. Um, I think uh, Germany's about to go back into uh, a third lockdown. Yeah. Um, they're seeing spikes in infections again, and and you know the variants and, and one thing and another. Yeah. So I only heard about Germany. I didn't realize that France and um, yeah, I didn't realize it was that many countries because mm. I have some friends in Germany that just kind of said it wasn't a football related. It was just like. We we just got out of lockdown. We're going back in, and I went, oh my gosh! And I literally was just talking to my friend in Germany a couple of days ago about it. Um, so yeah, I didn't realize that that it's um, not surprised, you know, that this this COVID thing is even with the vaccines and possibly, you know, they're they're doing a pretty good job in the United States trying to, you know, get it out there. But I don't really know how it's, you know going in other countries because you know it's it's a little bit different and everywhere yeah. so i i'm not aware of how, how it is um the uh the, so short short answer is that um they one of the few things the uk has done right through all of this is the vaccination program yeah and uh they that that's that's going that's going pretty well at the moment. I think we're at about um, twenty twenty five million, or we've come we've coming up to sort of uh, almost 
uh, not half the population, but we're, we're sort of approaching that has has mm. been vaccinated. Oh wow, um, that's so that's good. Great. Yeah. Um, so so yesterday, you know, Friday was like the biggest single day in terms of vaccinations that that they've done across the country. Funnily enough, I had my first vaccination on Friday. So. Um, oh, so congratulations! That's, that's, yeah, thank congratulations! You. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, How is it in Norway for you, Randy? I mean, what's what's the? I know you can't speak for the whole country, but vaccination-wise, how are you guys? But the thing is, it's very interesting because I've moved to Svalbard, which is on top of the world, like the North Pole, a yeah. very small community. I am getting vaccinated uh, next week, and my husband has had his. And my mum in Norway, in southern Norway, she just got her last week, and she's 84. So Norway as a whole is doing really bad. They haven't been able to get the vaccines out there. They've been so fucking slow. And now they've stopped everything because two people in Denmark has had a blood... uh, I had a bad... uh, You know, two people have died, apparently. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they stopped the whole program. They're trying to be very careful. But then up here, because we're such a small community, we are going to be vaccinated in no time now. So I'm really happy about that. living in a special place Uh, and I think it is because of tourism and everything else we are so dependent on being a a society where people can come and visit and actually we haven't had any COVID on Svalbard which is so good oh that's good yeah yeah I still haven't had mine uh, yet but I'm not I'm not a I'm not eligible yeah I don't think it's a state-by-state rollout though I mean do you do have you made you know has California got its own kind of approach or or is it something that the federal government is is sort of dictating how it's done? I'm not 100% sure about how federal's um, interaction with that, but it is state by state um, and even by county because what I just, my boss just got his... um, vaccine but he drove up to orange county which is uh depending on where he went an hour and a half ish north and um so the company i work for because we work with hospitals and life sciences and biotech they are we're considered um essential workers we Mm. work in la orange county san diego riverside counties san diego where i am san diego county they don't consider our, our company as essential but in Orange County, they do. So my boss uh-huh. drove up because sometimes he goes up there for meetings and stuff. So he went up and made an appointment for that. And he went and got his vaccine. Um, or at least the first one. He has to go back. So, um, but because we're in San Diego, we're not considered even, it's just, the way, it's per county for this. Um, so, Okay. It's it, strange. It, it just, and yeah, it is strange. So it, it just kind of depends um, because I'm like in the middle range. I'm I'm not a not you know I'm not on the elderly. I'm not um, I don't have like you know outlying health issues or I don't really have any reason to be pushed up the line basically, or I haven't come up with one anyway um, to try and push through through. So um, I don't think it's till May or June. I don't think it's till basically till summer that I'm eligible. Um, but I was told that if you go to the pharmacy, there's a couple of pharmacies, um, you know, drugstore pharmacies, chemists, you guys call them in 
in England, um, they have appointments where they go and you can go and get your, your shot. And, um, after five o'clock, you know, some people for whatever reason, even though they've made their appointment, didn't make their appointment and they've got these extra shots sitting around. So they want to give them out because, you know, you have to use them. So, um, I heard that the general public, if they wait and come later in the day after 5 PM, they might be able to, if there's any left, can go and get it. So I'm going to look into that, but I heard Johnson and Johnson's being rolled out and that's a one shot one time and go. So I'm kind of actually relieved that I don't have it yet. Cause I kind of want to wait for just the one shot. Cause a lot of people are saying at least here and we have yeah. Pfizer, Madeira, and I forgot what the third one is. Um, and they say the first shot is okay. The second shot's when you start feeling pretty bad for a couple of days. Normally, I mean, some people have had some. Yeah, uh, a few cases. I, I, it's I mean, been different, I don't know. But... It it has, and um, you know, and this is a you know this is a, a, a sort of football podcast, but because we were talking about people, you know players having to travel, I think it's yeah. fair that we talk about COVID. Um, I think the 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 impression that I've had, and you know, my personal experience was. Um, I was fine on the day yesterday. I had a bit of a sore arm, and last night I had a few kind of chills and felt a bit ropey. And today I, I feel fine. So, so fingers crossed if that is as bad as it gets for me, that, yeah. that's, that's a good result. Yeah. But, that, that's um, what I've been hearing from a lot of people, though. Generally, what you just described is kind of how it's going. It's, it's you know, certain people have little reactions, maybe because they have low, you know, bad health issues. You know, there's underlying reasons that why they don't yeah. have the same effect of what you had. I have I have a friend who he he does have a lot of health issues, and he got really sick. He's fine now, but he he did mm. not feel great. But he's got a lot of health issues, so that kind of makes sense. And the other thing, I don't know what they you know the fillers are that they put into this vaccine. I don't know exactly what's in the vaccine. I haven't done the 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 research to be fair. Um, and maybe some people have allergic reaction to those, and that might be why some of those people. Yeah, it's you know, really, just it's, a thought. It's, Who knows? It's the same. It's the same with any any vaccine. You right. know, you will you will have a proportion of the population that will have, uh, you know, there will be a range of reactions, and they'll go from mild to to you know to all the way up to you know very severe. Yeah. Um, and it's the same as whether you have an inoculation to to go to a foreign country. Um, or if you had, you know, measles, mumps, and rubella, or whatever it was, you you'll have a proportion of the people who who will react to it. Yeah, exactly. I think, so I think the important the important thing is, you know, kind of bringing it back to uh, Liverpool. And the thing is around the the club having the right um, sort of controls and, and protocols in place. So either about you know not releasing players or only releasing them for specific games, you know, in like in the case of Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. um, or actually, you know, if there are restrictions in, in going at all, so potentially Brazil, um, yeah. because it's like a real high-risk country, that, that we are exercising our rights under, you know, FIFA's rules or whatever about whether we release players or not. And so, I think that's a great thing, that, that we have that... Um, option because I just think it's really I don't understand why why some of these friendlies at least you know some of these games mm. why are we doing this you know but but on a positive note it looks like things are starting to go um, more of a positive way and things are starting to open up and there's rumors that there are going to be 
fans starting to enter, not fully, but um, enter back into the stadiums. And actually, um, in the United States, in certain states, the MLS, because we, we're on a different schedule here, so it's March till October, and then they'll have the playoffs, and by, the, by December they're done. So it's literally an entire you know, calendar year that we play. We don't do half calendars. Um, but they're talking about um, having a certain percentage of fans in the stadium. Um, you know, I know that um, not necessarily in California, because I haven't, I know I have some friends that want to come and um, watch uh, either the Galaxy or the LAFC. Um, and I have some friends that are uh, wanting to come over and that are away fans that want to come to the opening game. But um, in Colorado, they've already opened up, which would be, um, you know, the Colorado Rapids. They are actually going to have a percentage of fans. So certain states are, are starting to open up with a percentage of fans. So that's a positive thing to see that things are starting to go um, a little bit differently. We just, in California, um, opened up on St. Patrick's Day, 25% capacity inside restaurants. And things are, you know, kind of slowly going back to um, a more of a normal situation. Things are opening up, so we'll see if things spike. But um, right now, things are, we, we've moved from purple to red. And so we'll see how, um, which means we're, we're you know, um, the, the, the number of, of uh, COVID outbreaks um, are lowering. And that might be due to a lot of people being vaccinated and being more careful. So we'll see, you know, that's probably going to vary around the world, but you know, we can see hopefully fans back in the stadium and people starting to live their lives again. So in the, in the wouldn't UK, be, sorry, go on Randy. Wouldn't it just be lovely for fans back playing Champions League against Real Madrid? Yeah, that would be great. Oh I my think God. That's, <laughs> but I think that's going to be a little too soon. I don't know. I mean, how is it over The revenge there? match. Well, that's definitely, yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with us playing them. And I really hope that we we can <laughs> have our little revenge. Uh, you know, I, I've been seeing a lot of memes with um, Sala and, uh, and uh, Ramos. Ramos. Making me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it would be, but I, I suspect that we'll be back to playing in Budapest. That's I'm, fine. I'm sure there's, there's, there's the home and away option as we, as we understand it, because Spain is in national lockdown. Um, so I'm fairly sure we can't go there. Um, and we, Spain, I think, is on our ban list, so I don't think they can come here. So I guess I guess potentially it's, it's Budapest, but you know maybe I'm wrong. Um, and like you say, you know recent recent results would seem to suggest that that's fine with us. Um, <laughs> so let's let's talk about the Champions League then. So we obviously yeah. got through. We got to the you know the quarterfinals. We've had the draw. Um, we are paired with Real Madrid, as you say. You know uh, revenge. Uh, if revenge is just beating them, then then I'm absolutely fine with it. You know, if Ramos happened to you know end up getting a I don't know an elbow, you know, an elbow to the throat or something, <laughs> somewhere during the game, 
that would that would be an unfortunate coincidence. Um, yeah. But, but you know that you know Ramos is Ramos, and you know Ramos does what what he does. You know, I suppose in some ways, um, it's it, you can view it as a good thing or a bad thing. He's obviously been injured. He he's sort of just coming back into the Real Madrid team, so the likelihood is he will be playing when we play them. And and you could argue they're a lot weaker defensively without him. You know, I'm not suggesting he's the best defender in the world. He isn't, but but he definitely makes them stronger. So. My view is anything that gives us an advantage. I'd rather he's not back, but you know you have to play the team that's put in front of you. Right. Um, so, are are we pleased with the draw, uh, Randy? We, are you pleased with with Real Madrid as an opponent? Well, when we didn't get Porto, which I was hoping for, obviously, because we tend to beat Come them. On. <laughs> <laughs> Three years or something. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But they are a better team this year as well. So when we didn't get them, I thought maybe we had the best draw we could ask for, actually. Uh, Real Madrid hasn't been the best team lately. They are an old bunch of uh, lazy cows sometimes. And, of course, they are a bit like us. When it is Champions League, they, something happens to them by some strange reason. And they sort of find magic wherever. And they got one striker that is 100 years old, but it's still doing the business. So, But I thought, yeah, it's a good draw. And um, I wasn't actually uh, even hoping for us to be in the quarterfinals this season. So I'm happy both with where we are, the fact that we are there, the fact that we're playing Real. It's okay. It's fine. Just keep it coming. Yep, I echo that. I'm I'm totally fine with us playing um, Real. I think that um, I think the one team I really didn't want to play right now was um, Bayern Munich. They're just so strong in their defending titles, and um, yeah. You know, so um, I think I think we have you know Porto would have been good too, right? But um, I, I can't really complain. And, and in reality, if Porto beat Chelsea and we beat Real, we play Porto anyway in the semis. Yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> I potentially, I think we have the better side, you know, we have teams that we have a better chance of, of um, winning, um, you know, in the end to, to get to the final. So, um you know, and, and with looking at what we've gone through this season with all the injuries and all the, the hardships and players losing, you know, family members and COVID and no fans and all the things that, you know, we've done, we're still in Champions League and, you know, we're still fighting um, for something here. So that's that's pretty awesome. You know, I mean, let, let's put a positive spin on that and think, you know, it's really not as bad as as you know Twitter wants to make it out to be. Yeah, so I'm I'm quite happy with Real Madrid as as our quarterfinal opponents. I think for me, um, if we get past Real Madrid, you know, and and I'm not and I'm not ruling out Porto by the way, and you know they've knocked out Juve, you know they've knocked out that they're they're a much better team, or or they're certainly playing uh they're playing much 
much better in terms of actually being able to get through the round. So I don't I don't discount them potentially turning over Chelsea, but um, I I have a feeling it may well be us against Chelsea in the semi final again, uh, which kind of takes us back to two thousand and five. Clearly, because yes. the final is in <laughs> Istanbul. Yeah. Um, so, so there are some <laughs> there are some parallels sort of coming coming through. Um, it's you know it, it's it's like uh, Jose Mourinho's uh, first season or whatever it was. You know they'd already beaten us before. They'd beaten us in the you know the Carling Cup final. They'd beaten us in the league, um, and this was kind of third third time lucky now obviously we we beat Chelsea earlier in the season um they beat us in the return game and this this will be the the sort of third meeting so you never know there's lots of ifs and buts in there right if if we get past Real Madrid and if they get past Porto um but I still think at that point um that we won't be playing uh, so I don't know but if it's English clubs I guess we might be playing at each other's grounds that would be the that yeah. would potentially be the difference um, whereas if we were playing Porto for example I suspect we'd probably be in Budapest again or somewhere um, so I think there's there's potential that it might be Stamford Bridge and Anfield if we get through but of course there's no fans in either and the plans no. for the UK government is they're talking about potentially having 25% of fans back in for the last two games of the season. And they're talking about swapping uh, swapping fixtures around so like every team gets a chance to have home fans. But that's obviously okay. if everything, everything kind of goes to plan. So there is a possibility but it would only be league games um, at the point. And then uh, currently Turkey are saying that they're not having any international visitors until June. I don't know whether that will change. So so potentially, I'm not quite sure who who might be in the ground if we did get to the Champions League final. Mm. Um, but I do think that there is there's a definite opportunity there. It's it's not an easy path. You wouldn't expect it to be in the last eight, but there is a there is a path for us to potentially go back to Istanbul, which would be kind of cool, I think. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, yeah. definitely. And I well, I was um, <laughs> yeah. Go on, Amy Kate. Oh no no no, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, was I was just, just going to say gonna... that it was a positive thing, and um, you know, it, there's so much history with with you know and and memories with 2005 and and champions league um you know it's it it would be special to be able to go back to Istanbul and 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 potentially win it so but you know you you don't want to um get too excited about it yet and be let down so it's totally different circumstances (laughs) no I mean we so the the other just very briefly on the other couple of draws before we we kind of you know move into any other business so um Bayern Munich against PSG the uh you know sort of re- replay of of last year's 
final. Uh, Randy, who do you fancy out of that? Uh, I think Bayern is uh, a better team still. <laughs> but uh, PSG is a bit like Chelsea, aren't they? I mean, they... They are supposed to win everything at home in their league, and they what they miss out on is uh, Champions League. So they will, they have been looking very good lately as well. So out of those yeah. two, I don't know. Maybe they just need to win, and that's why they don't. So Bayern will get it again. <laughs> okay, uh, Amy Kate, Man City, Dortmund. Well. I think you have no choice but just hope that it's Dortmund. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we, we City haven't made it past the quarterfinals yet. <laughs> they, they need to. They need to. They need a little. Uh, you know, they need their egos. You know, knocked down a little bit. So, um, you know, Dortmund, the thing that's that I, I think here. Honestly, every team that's left is really strong. Um, yeah. You know, um, it could be anybody's game on that day. So, but but I, I kind of want to go for the yellow submarine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I think City is much better team than no, Dortmund. they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they are, but they I'm are. But that that on that day they have. <laughs> I think that they've got a bit of an inferiority complex when it comes to the Champions League. They've yeah. not managed to get to get past the, the quarterfinals. Um, so I think, you know, in the last, God, well, as long as Guardiola's been there. So I do, I do think that there is a chance for Dortmund. You know, when you look at the, the quality of the City squad and everything, you would expect them to turn over Dortmund and go through. So, you know, that would be my expected result. But, you know, the Champions League, you know, is is always interesting. And and if we come to that last, you know, quarterfinal, which is Porto v. Chelsea, uh, look at the 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 Chelsea squad. You know, they've got Thomas Tuchel there. You know, they've been on a great run with him. They're not deceiving God. But I don't dismiss Porto. Um, again, you expect Chelsea to win that, but you know, if they if they can turn over Juventus, they could potentially turn over Chelsea. And I suspect we'll have a game that will have some big VAR controversy in it as well. Um, so, you know, we we're we're there. We're in the last eight. That's you know that's the important thing. And and you know, fingers crossed, the best version of ourselves turns up against um, Real Madrid. And we've got a few weeks to you know look forward to that and start preparing for that. So let's uh, move on to any other business. Um, the first thing I wanted to to bring up is you know we've talked about it a bit earlier about you know our squad. Um, you know, we've got some players, you know, either reaching their peaks or in their peaks and potentially, you know, people like Milner and, and a couple of others. We've probably got a couple of uh, players that are, you know, at the older end. Um, there's reports at the moment that potentially Ginny is uh, is going to sign a contract to go to Barcelona. Um, so... I suppose the, the the question is is you know 
if the, if this is true and you know and i put a big proviso on that because uh you know as as guy pointed out to us it is duncan castles who wrote the report who's an absolute twat so um but but let's assuming there is there is some <laughs> truth to that um you know what what do you what do we think is going to is going to happen to the squads um this summer uh if if Ginny goes uh randy let me start with you on that one I was just thinking about that earlier because um, we are in, as you said, I mean, we got some people coming to age, if you can say so, about young people, but uh, Millie and uh, Jeannie going maybe. And so we need to do something. And I've got a feeling that we are going to strengthen both in the midfield and the attack this summer. Uh, and then I wonder what's going on with all the investments into the club. Are we going to see any money? Are we going to see any changes in our transfer policy? Because I don't think we are. I think we're still going to look for the young, um, nearly stars, rather than going for a Haaland or a Mbappé, even though I want to, of course. I, I'd love to see Haaland playing for us, I must say. But I think we have already, we got Curtis on our books, we got Elliot. Elliot is as we speak, the best or second best assist um, provider in the championship. So, I mean, he, we've got young players coming up as well. So, hopefully, we will see signing one or two in midfield and attack and then nursing and getting our young kids playing, you know, getting them up there. So, if we... If you say you don't think we're going to change the, our transfer policy um, in terms of potentially signing a Haaland or, or an Mbappe, um, you think we're going to go for a, you know, a, a raw, you know, a Sadio Mane circa 2014 kind of player? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, midfield, clearly, you know, we... So we've struggled this season for for uh, interestingly because you would say we've got a lot of midfielders, but maybe we ha don't have the right mix of midfielders because we've had to push um, Fabinho back um, mm. into central defence. So assuming that you know Virgil and Joe come back fully fit, um, Amy Kate, what what are you what are you thinking for the midfield then? So if Ginny goes. Um, you know, Henderson is obviously, you know, he's, he's 30. He'll, he'll yeah. be 31. Um, we've got Tiago, but we signed him. He's like 28, 29. So I'm not saying we don't have a good few years in him, but, um, nobody quite does what Ginny does. Right. Um, and I don't, you know, that, that's a massive hole if he goes. So, so what would you like to see us do with that? Well, hopefully Henderson, even though he is, you know, going to be 31, um, I still think he has a whole lot to, to offer, but he has to stay healthy. And, you know, um, him being gone is, is a huge, um, huge disappointment because he, he, you know, really runs the midfield and you can see a difference when he's in of what, how, how the team plays and, you know, on and off the pitch, he's, he's a good role model and, and motivator. And I think he's a really good captain. So, um, they've got to find somebody 
they, they, they need to be looking for, for some, and I think that's something everybody's calling out for is we need more midfield players. Um, I hope Jenny doesn't go and I hope this is a rumor, but there hasn't been a contract and he hasn't signed a contract. So that's kind of a telling, you know, tell right there. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of sad. I, I think he's an asset to the team and I think it'd be a big blow to us if we lose him. But, um, you know, if we do, we have to bounce back and do what we got to do. And, Let's see what, what the club comes up with. I, I couldn't even tell you a player off the top of my head who I think we should get or who we've talked about. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but they're mm-hmm. going to have to do something. We can't just let him go and not replace him, in my opinion. No, and and I think, you know, we, we've, we've made that mistake before in terms yeah. of letting certain players go and then not not having um, a replacement, you know, and, it, and I'm not necessarily even saying a like-for-like replacement, but, um, you know, a, a replacement in terms of if we're tweaking the formation slightly or tweaking our style of play slightly, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, he's not exactly the same the same player, but I, I think that um, Tielemans at Leicester, uh, could potentially do a fantastic job for us. The fact is, yeah. is you know, we we probably have to crowbar him out of Leicester, and I don't know that the club would be prepared to pay the money that Leicester would want um, for for us to take him. And I'm sure there are other options, but that that's one that springs to mind. You know, I can't I can't fault Ginny at all. Um, you know, if he wants to go, um, you know, he's been a magnificent servant for us. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's pretty much won everything, you know, w- with exception of the domestic cup competitions, right? He's won everything a player would want to win at a club. He's won his domestic title. He's won the Champions League. He's won the Super Cup. He's won the World Club Cup. Um, and the fact is that, you know, well, at the moment anyway, he's got Ronald Koeman, who was his national manager, now managing at Barcelona. Um, there's the whole Cruyff, you know, legacy thing at Barcelona. So I don't, I don't blame him necessarily for wanting to go there as much as we think it's a completely dysfunctional club and they've got no money and they're, you know, there's all this sort of corrupt stuff going on in the background. There's a massive pull for Dutch players to go and play yeah. in Barcelona. Um, I, I do feel like desperately sad if we haven't, you know, if it comes down to being about money and we couldn't find a way to do a deal to 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 keep him and and I don't think I don't think Ginny is a is a greedy player but I think he he was one of the lower play players in our squad and yeah. wanted you know uh, some level of parity and if the yeah. club weren't willing to pay that then I think I think that's sad because He's a he's a hugely uh, and sometimes I think unsung hero for yeah. the club in terms of yeah. what he's done. So he will yeah. be a big big hole to to fill. I don't think um, he's rated um, what he deserves. I think he's underrated. Um, absolutely, it's really strange. Yeah, I I because I recall them. You know, was it earlier in the season or maybe it was last season? I can't remember now. Um, cause it kind of, because of COVID, everything kind of meshed together because, you know, we went from July, a little break. Okay. So I don't really remember if it was last season or this season, but, you know, oh, we need to get rid of 
when all like all the fans were calling not all a lot of fans were calling there was a lot of again twitter but they were kind of um you know calling for oh we need to replace Ginny we need to sell Ginny Ginny needs to go and I was like where are you coming from you know in my mind I mean but there hasn't been a contract you know hasn't been anything offered to him they're not at least publicly um so um it wouldn't surprise me if he did go but I really hope he doesn't because I think he's really a big part of the of the team and what makes Liverpool, you know, what has made Liverpool so successful in the yeah. last three years. So, well, the thing is, if he, if he does go, he'll go he'll go on a free, so we won't make any money out of him. Which which again is fine. He's been a magnificent servant for the club. Um, I think you know commercially, if they knew they weren't going to, you know, do you know agree a deal with him. I would have thought that, that, you know, maybe they should have done something in a slightly different way. But anyway, I guess COVID has probably screwed some of that up as well, if I'm honest, yeah. in, in terms of in terms of the sort of club's plans. But Randy, to your point around you don't think we're going to change our transfer strategy, despite whatever other investment, and we'll, we'll do this. So if we want to land a Holland or a Mbappe or, you know, whoever else it might be, then in theory, we have to sell to buy. Yeah. So who are we selling to, to, to fund this, you know, to fund the, the, the players we think we need then? Uh, that's the problem. And it's very hard to answer because I can't see us selling either Salah or Mane. And that would, uh, but at the same time, if we are to sell them any time, it should be now before they dip in, you know, informal age or whatever. Yeah. But I can't see us doing that. So the only one I can see is selling a lot of fringe players. I can see us selling Ox, you know. I can see us selling, um, uh, hopefully not Keita, because I want him to come good. Uh, it's starting mm. to look good anyway. So I can't see anything from just fringe players and, you know... No big assets is going to go. And that's why I think either we have to completely change our transfer policy, which I can't really see happening, or we have to continue buying so-called cheap, you know, people that haven't got a big name. And um, yeah. But at the same time, I think we have to do something. And since we didn't do anything after winning Champions League and just about managed uh, on a anyway to win the league and we thought we bought wisely and I think we would have been wisely buying last summer if it wasn't because of all the injuries so if you say that Kabak stays for 18 millions on top of what we loaned him for that's actually a good buy if he goes if he comes good with this and then our defense would be fine uh, so we need to have one or two in midfield we need to have one or two on top and uh, of course, I'll say it then. I'd like us to go for Holland, but that will be next summer because he's mm -hmm. got a 65. Uh, uh, he's got actually a transfer, what do you call it? Uh, release clause? Buyout clause? Yeah, buyout clause. So that would actually be a good buy. Yeah, that would be a good move for him as well, waiting for a year coming to us. But the queue is getting bigger and bigger, you know. So I can't see uh, Mbappe, but maybe Holland next summer because that would be cheap enough for us. 
And then until then, <clears throat> uh, sell French plays, sell Ox, sell people that we can actually get money for without ruining our whole first team, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be a real balancing act because I, I, you know, sadly, I think I, I disagree with you. I can see us selling one of Saleron, um if the if the 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 right offer came in at the at the right time, yeah, um, and they really and they really wanted to go. Because you know, sadly, uh, there's an inevitability. Um, you know that that's that's what you get for for you know loving a football club, and and supporting it is that you know nobody stays forever. You know we've been lucky. We've had a couple. You know we've got people like you know Gerard and and Carragher who were you know one you know one team players, um, but it's very rare, and yeah. ultimately players players come and go and you only hope that they can go at the point where you're emotionally ready for them to go <laughs> um yeah. and, and it doesn't always it doesn't always turn out like that and you know there there there's been a lot of uh, sort of stuff on on twitter on social media um around the uh it's fernando torres's birthday yeah and <laughs> oh. You know they're they're re-showing that that ad that Nike ad which I love, um, yeah. where it's it's all it's all the Spanish thing and and he was the one who broke my heart right when yeah. when he put in his transfer request to 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 go to Chelsea so you and me both I, I, yeah. yeah so that was, was awful. The, the vow I it was it was it was dreadful that was the vow I made to myself when that happened which I would never emotionally invest in a player to that extent ever again because it was just too traumatic for me um and and i've kind of i've broadly kept to that and i do you know i i love them you know i love them all the same pretty much but i but i i start off with the belief that at some point they will leave and therefore i'm already prepared from the day they join that they won't be there forever um, that doesn't mean I don't take joy in them whilst they're there. I absolutely do, but I just, you know, I that's that's the kind of l- harsh life lesson I took from the, to- the whole Torres <laughs> thing. No, that's um, true though, and I think that a lot of, um, you know, the days of you know one club players are long gone. Just like long term managers are long gone. The, football's changed a lot, and yeah. and, and, and money is a lot of it. Um, and when you're bringing in foreign players, um, especially when you have, you know, Latin players, they want to play for the likes of Real and, and Barcelona and, and things like that. So, um, but, um, as much as I don't want to see, um, Sala go, um, definitely not on, you know, don't want to sell him, but. If a player is, if, if there's going to be a, a big shock, I think he might be one of the ones that um, could get sold. Yeah, but who's going to pay for him? I mean, Barcelona well, that, that and right, Real a, Madrid haven't got the money. Well, that might be why they don't go. <laughs> you know, exactly. and maybe maybe we're lucky. Um, but I could see, you know, the the 
maybe, you know, I don't know. Like, when I didn't think Coutinho was going to go. And I was pretty pissed off about that whole thing. Um, it wasn't like Torres at all because Torres was a shock. and, and But the whole Coutinho thing just kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. And now I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know, you say you're a, yeah. a Liverpool player, but... Um, no, I I knew other... I knew he was gonna go from the moment he had his bad back in yeah, that exactly. August. Well, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I didn't when he came, um, and you know he was this great player. Well, actually, when he first came, I was kind of like, oh, he's a little, he's not as great as everybody makes him out to be because he was constantly. I, I kept yelling at the TV, body over the ball, <laughs> because he would always, you know, over the over the crossbar, over the crossbar, and then, you know, the next season. You know, it, it, I don't know what happened. I, actually, I know what happened. Brendan left and, and Klopp came and tweaked his game. And all of a sudden, you know, he was that pretty incredible player that that was um, doing a lot. And, you know, but it, it, was, it left a sour taste in my mouth. Yet we did everything without him and we didn't need him. And he wanted no, to come he, back. He, fu- <laughs> he, funded, he funded the rebuild. So, yeah. so for that, for that, I thank yeah. him. You know, yeah, and on, that was on, on the back of him, we got yeah. Van Dyke and Allison, right? That was one hundred forty-two like, okay. million quid. Right. I was so, like, okay, I'll take that. And and I, because <laughs> there was a lot of rumors. Oh, he wants to come back. Would you take him back? I'm like, we don't need him. I don't want him back. You know, that was when when people were, you know, when that whole thing was going. I was kind of like, look what we yeah. have. You know, yeah. we didn't. It, it was it was a blessing in disguise. As much as I didn't want him to go, it was actually a really good decision on the club's part to let him go because of what what we ended up yeah. in the end with. I didn't know that. It was the right decision. It was. I didn't know that at the time, but hindsight's twenty twenty, and you look at it back, and I'm like, you know what? His selfishness really was yeah. to our advantage. At least that's how I no, believe it. Klopp, Klopp's been really clear all the way along. If a player doesn't want to be here, I don't yeah. want him. And yeah. the minute that Coutinho said, I don't want to be here, Klopp was right. Okay, fine. Then bye, bye. what we will do is we will we will see you on your way at a time that is right for us, a price that is right for us. Exactly. Um, but no, he was he was he was done with him. So yeah. um so I do, uh, you know, and I, like I said, I don't want to see any of them go. But no, you know, neither. there isn't there isn't inevitability about it. So, um, you know, we're we're sort of winding this down. We've been having a good old chat now. So, so let me <laughs> yes. pass over, uh, Randy. Any other business from you? Uh, well, I got a proposal. Uh, if what a marriage what proposal? We... I thought no, you, you no, had no. husbands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is news. this is news. <laughs> it is a proposal for Klopp, but not to marry. I am oh, okay. on that front. But we could just continuing our talk right now. I've got a uh, option for us. We could swap Salah with Mbappe for PSG because that's the only people I can pay for him anyway. So that's one. I hope he listens. Swap Salah with Mbappe. <laughs> Hmm. What about swapping Mane with Mbappe? Yeah, that's fine with that as well. <laughs> I just, I think Sa- Salah is a, is a goal machine. 
Yeah, is an absolute gold machine and I, I, I think people don't realise how good he is, I think that they're, they're taking for granted what he's actually doing season in, season out, anyway okay, that's an option right, anything else Randy? <laughs> uh, no thank you I'm looking forward to my vaccine and I'm looking forward to going back to Britain sometime in my life Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to when people can come come here again and we Me can go too. to and yes. you know life restarting again amy kate what's on your mind well i do actually look forward to being able to come back to england it's been a just you know a couple of weeks ago was a year anniversary because i was there at the last two games the champions league game and the bournemouth game and I can't believe it's been a year that we've been doing this um but you know me i'm a big supporter of the women and i want to talk about the women and or the lack of support that the women are getting, you know. Um, yeah, go for it. You know, I'm just really kind of disappointed in what Liverpool has not done for them. Um, I'm just really disappointed that they don't even have any room for them. There's, there, it's been put out there that. Um, the women do not have a place at the new AXA training center. Um, this has been in the works for a while. Um, the, the, the stadium, we've known about it. They've been doing that. They sold Melwood. Um, and the women have been forgotten. They've just been left behind. And, and that really bothers me because we're supposed to be all, they're all Liverpool. And, um, I was told that, um, the women did not, there was no room for the women at the acad or at the new AXA training center. Um, they wanted to keep the women in the first team and the academy together, which actually was, I guess, a positive thing that we actually do have a women's academy. Um, I was I was pleased to hear that, um, but the fact that there's no room for them, I mean, this place is huge. This isn't the plan. So how could they not even considered the women? And, you know, all the other Arsenal, they play together. Um, the women and the men, even the, the academy, the girls and the guys go to school together. Um, other, other, all the other big teams have um, a lot more, seems like they have a lot more respect for their women than, than we do. And how are we supposed to attract um, top players when, you know, we don't even treat our women fairly? Or equal. Well, I get it. They don't. Uh, and I, I find the bit, yeah, but the bit I find surprising, I guess, is with the particularly based on the basis we've got American owners, and yeah. the women's soccer in the U.S. is a massive growth potential. Um, is one of the biggest sort of you know what really well attended one of the biggest growing sports in the U.S. That they they just don't appear to have grasped the opportunity yeah that, absolutely you know and and that that you know they're not they're not stupid you know clearly they you know we've got john henry we've got billy hogan we've got you know mike gordon we've got all of these massive brains and yet they appear to just you know have it like a communal moment of of just well not a communal moment but they just don't seem to have been able to 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 deal with this in a way I would expect 
Um, and yeah, it is it is incredibly disappointing. Um, you know, the, the the previous manager left, you know, we've got an assistant there who I think is doing a pretty good job considering, but obviously we got relegated last season. Um, yeah, and that, that was a shame because of the situation. Is, yeah, of, it was, because it's the kind of points per game thing. Yeah. Um, but but I, as I understand it, the current position, you know, with number of games played, whatever, the likelihood is we won't get promoted this season. I think, you know, I think we'll probably finish third or something. And I believe you only have one team going up. So, yeah, um, because of, you know, it's not like the Premier League that there's, you know, 20 teams and three go up, three go down. It's it's, it's a much smaller um, situation. So that only one team gets promoted. And I believe that's going to be Leicester City. Um, They're top of the table, or at least they were. I don't know if they still are. Um, You know, the women just beat... um, I believe it was the bees um london bees five nil i mean they've been doing really well considering um you know they've they've had some their moments but they've definitely done a really good job of of showing their potential um there is an interesting and i don't know enough details about this yet but um babajidi um has not played since january and has put in her um transfer uh notice i don't know to where um and then she was supposed to, I, I don't know if she was doing like a standoff or what's going on. There's rumors of a lot of um, uproar and upheaval in um, the women's camp and that yeah. they are, um, there's a lot of unhappy players. Um, Amber Whiteley, I think is how you say her name. I might be saying it wrong. She's the one that took over for, for Vicky. Um, they say Vicky left, um, you know, it was a mutual consent. But you know how that goes. Um, I don't really know. That was that was a surprise, mind you. She they did get relegated. Um, they weren't playing very well. They had a lot of problems. Um, she was trying to build the team. I I think she didn't get the whole lot of help that she needed. Um, she had been there for eleven years. That I don't think people realize a lot of the players that she had. She had you know in the youth part had had helped. Um, I just I think she kind of was an scapegoat mm. and maybe she decided that she needed to get out because it was toxic i don't know i i you know i don't have any um i don't know her reasons behind why she left um maybe maybe she was forced out i don't know um does it have anything to do with the fact that she left when billy hogan came in i don't know you know because um it seemed like peter was very supportive of the women and her and now she, he's not there um so now it's a different situation. They still have not found yeah. a, a, a manager yet. They're still looking for a manager. Um, if she left on her own accord, then that would make sense. But if they forced her out, why would you force someone out without a manager? But um, I don't think they have a whole lot of um, care for the women's team in the first place, so it didn't matter to them. And maybe maybe that I, I think- fact that they... I think that's 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 a real area of of uh, sort of you know shame for them, mm. and the yeah. bit, so so for me, I think what is what is fundamentally missing is a clear strategy um, and and kind of vision for for what they want the women's team in, and the and the backing, whether that be 
you know, whether that be financial, whether it be physical, whether it think, you know, there's there's lots of words, but there doesn't appear to be a lot of action. Mm. And that that's the 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 big area for me where they've really fallen down, you know. And, I, mm. and we said all along, you know, FSG, you know, they're decent owners, you know, they've done some really good stuff, they've done yeah. some stuff that's really bad. Um, and they've done some stuff in the middle. You know, they're not perfect by anything, but but this is an area where I just I, I don't understand why why it's going so badly in my view. If if you look at all of the stuff they've done on the men's side and the mm-hmm. stuff that they could easily replicate in my view, and they're not. So so I agree with you, Amy Kay. I think I think it's it's a bit of a stain on on our reputation the way that they're not providing the the appropriate kind of support yeah. and infrastructure for, for the women's team so you know uh, let, let's hope let's hope that better days are ahead for them but yeah. at the moment it does look doesn't great. Look, doesn't look good well the other thing is and maybe it maybe the reason so so we moved out of melwood and they sold it now maybe they needed that money for part of funding elsewhere i don't know but why weren't the women why wasn't it considered that the women moved to Melwood, you know, that was that was never going to happen. The, the reason they, they sold Melwood because it was it was a development and they were getting shed loads of money, which allowed them to, to reinvest into Kirby. The, the issue for me is the designing Kirby never, ever considered the women. Yeah. Um, and and, and I don't and I don't see why it couldn't have. I mean, yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. We we yeah, are where we are, yeah, so true. Um, we can't well, you know we we can't fix that. But but I think it's right for us to continue to highlight it. Um, so this is this has been a, a you know this has been a good old deep deep dive chat today. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so so I'm going to draw a uh, draw a halt to it now. Um, I think you know listeners, you'll 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 be hopefully rewarded for your patience but i think this is going to be one of our longer pods um (laughs) but thank you very much for for bearing with us um we do hope both for liverpool and and for all of us better days are coming um so fingers crossed uh thank you for listening and up the reds bye-bye bye bye Life goes on day after day Hearts torn in every way So ferry, cross the mercy Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay Sports Social Podcast Network.